0: Welcome to Talk About Talk with Dr. Andrea. In this podcast, we will learn about all things communication. Listen as Dr. Andrea and the experts she interviews share their expertise. Let's do this. Let's talk about talk.
1: Hey there. Welcome to Talk About Talk where every week you'll learn something new to help you become a better communicator. I'm Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. You can call me Andrea. I'm very excited about this episode. I've been planning an episode focused on color since the inception of Talk About Talk. I love color. I always have. Color affects me. Color talks to me. For those of you who have been listening to the Talk About Talk podcast, you may be familiar with the five rapid-fire questions that I ask every guest. One of the questions is, What kind of learner are you? How do you learn best? Well, my answer would be, I am a visual learner. But whether you're a visual learner or not, you are affected by color. You're also communicating with color. So, listen up. As a painter, I do know something about color, but I did a lot of research too, and I'm eager to share that with you. I also interviewed three experts whose professions focus on color to some extent. An interior decorator, a quilting store owner, and a professional photographer. Let me start by introducing them to you now. First, Jen Perkis, the interior decorator. Jen Perkis has always loved design, texture, pattern, and color. For over 10 years now, she has managed her interior decorating and staging company called X and In. X and In, as in exterior and interior. Yes, she loves And designs both interiors and exteriors. She also loves her husband and her four, yes, four boys, ranging in age from four to 18 years. She says, The boys don't get what I do, but they love the notion that people pay mom to shop for them and to tell them what to do with their homes. As you can guess, Jen has a fantastic sense of humor. She's not only funny, but she's also talented. She has, as they say, great eye. She also is very skilled at working with people. Sometimes things can get pretty intense when major decisions are being made about people's homes. Her design philosophy is simple. It has to be fabulous and functional. In her world, you can't have one without the other. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter how beautiful it is. Here's Jen talking about her favorite color yellow and the extent to which aesthetics affect her.
0: I love a lot of colors that, for whatever reason, seem artificial to me. And um, loving yellow does not mean that I wear it. We're not talking about fashion. Doesn't mean that I just decorate with it. Doesn't mean that it's my home. It just, it speaks to me. And that goes back to when I say how highly affected I am about my surroundings. My husband jokes, he goes that, you know, he goes, you're a slave to your surroundings. I'm happier in a restaurant that's nicely appointed. and the food might not even be as good as this little dive that you were in the night before, or whatever it is.
1: Next, Daryl Aiken. I met Daryl years ago when I was a marketer at Kraft, and she was an executive vice president and managing director at BBDO, the advertising agency. I always admired Daryl. She was so smart and so professional. What a pleasure it is now to have the opportunity to talk to her this many years later. Daryl went from BBDO to Dashboard, where she was president and partner. All along, she served on several boards. In 2013, Daryl started Fabric Spark, a quilting store. She says that Fabric Spark is a passion project and a reflection of her commitment to do something creative every single day. She has been sewing all of her life and she loves color and design, so she was happy to turn that obsession into a business. Fabric is her creative spark, her muse, she says. She started Fabric Spark for two reasons. The first, it's a great excuse to buy a lot of fabric. The second is she loves the opportunity to help people make things. Here's Daryl talking about color trends gray and brown.
2: I was going to say, I can't keep gray in stock. I have tons of gray. I have gray, um, and I just sold the end of a bolt. Um, that was one of the first things I bought when I started Fabric Spark. Like, imagine having a boat for five years, and I, I couldn't get rid of it because I just loved this print so much. I thought it was so beautiful, and it partly reminded me of a shirt that I had when I was really little. It was very mid-century, which I am, <laughs> and so oh my gosh. it was. It was. It looked a little bit Frank Lloyd Wright. It was just beautiful. Anyway, like, because it had this beautiful coffee color of brown Mm. it was gorgeous Mm. but you know if you're a modern quilter which is my customer you would never put brown in a quilt and that's probably because there's a whole world of people who make brown
1: quilts and that's really all they do huh who knew not me now let me introduce you to our third guest expert Lori Ryerson as a child Lori was a musician and a performer she told me that her goal was to travel the world as a performer. Alas, she settled for a career in PR and communications. And she was also a trapeze artist along the way. Yes, I said trapeze artist, as in the circus. Lori is now a full-time professional photographer. Her firm is called Focalocity. She is phenomenally talented, very bright. And by bright, I'm referencing both her IQ and her attire, she wears bright colored eyeglasses and clothing. Here's Lori referencing back to my rainbow eyewear.
3: <clears throat> anyone who knows me knows that color is is what I am. I am a I'm a larger than life person. I'm like two foot two and larger than life. I'm loud. I wear a lot of colorful clothing because when you're this close to the ground, people have to be able to find you. What are you gonna go say to somebody? Oh, look for the woman who's wearing black? I don't think so. So my way of standing out in a crowd of, of black is to always be in color. Um, as a photographer, I love color as part of my medium, but as I've gotten further and further down the photographic journey, uh, the issue of black and white as a creative tool
1: has become a little more familiar to me. Amazing women, all three of them with careers that focus on colour, amongst other things. If you go to the show notes at talkabouttalk.com forward slash podcast, you'll find easy links to connect with Jen at her design firm, x and N, to Daryl at her quilting store, Fabric Spark, and to see Lori's stunning photographs at focalocity.com. You will hear Jen's and Lori's and Daryl's comments interspersed throughout this episode. Okay, let's get going. As I professed, I love color. Some colors more so than others, of course. So it was my pleasure to research the topic of color. Let's start with the science of color and color theory. The science of color is sometimes called chromatics or colorometry or simply color science. It includes the study of the perception of color by the human eye and brain, the origin of color in materials, the physics of electromagnetic radiation in the visible range, and color theory in art. Given our focus at Talk About Talk on communication, I'm going to stick with some basic color theory as well as color perceptions, how color affects us, and what we perceive based on color. Color, then, is the characteristic of human visual perception described through color categories with names such as red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and purple. Hopefully those colors sound familiar. The colors of the rainbow. You might be familiar with the color wheel. There are three primary colors. These are the ones you can't mix if you're a painter. Red, yellow, and blue. The secondary colors are the ones between the primaries. They are orange, green, and purple. So red plus yellow equals orange, yellow plus blue equals green, and red and blue equals purple. If you go to the show notes, I've included visual images that you can see to check this all out. There are several different color models or color spaces. You've probably seen the four dimension CMYK color model. This refers to the four inks used in most color printing. I know this from the toner cartridges that I'm constantly replacing in my printer. You've probably seen some technical-looking test colors printed on the bottom of some Tetra packs or cereal boxes in your pantry. These are the CMYK dimensions. C is cyan, M is magenta, Y is yellow, and K is key or black. So the CMYK color model has four colors. The RGB color space or color model corresponds to three bands of light, red, green, and blue. You've probably seen this before as well. When I read about the RGB color space, I was confused. How is it that colors can be created by some combination of red, green, and blue when two of the colors are primary but there is a secondary color there, green? I found a description and visual that answers this question for me. Try this, imagine a 3D cube So you have three dimensions, or axes, vertical, horizontal, and depth. Now imagine that the three RGB colors, red, green, and blue, are each on an axis from low to high intensity. All of the colors of the rainbow, then, can be found in this 3D space. The yellow is the corner where green and red are high, and blue is low in intensity. I've included links in the show notes so you can actually check this out. If you're into color, it's definitely worth taking a look. And you have no idea how satisfying it was for me to answer that question. All right, I'll try to stop nerding out about color now. Let's move on to how people perceive colors. Yes, people can and do see colors differently. And different species see colors differently too. Have you ever wondered what's going on with the matador and the bull? Are bulls seeing red? Are they attracted to it? Well, I looked it up. It turns out that bulls, all cattle actually, are colorblind to red. Apparently, it's just the waving of the flag that infuriates them, not the color of the flag. Huh, good to know. So, species, and even individuals within a species, can see colors differently. There are also differences in individuals' preferences for various colors. I found a lot of evidence that blue is the most popular color. More people prefer blue than any other color. It's not clear why. Maybe because it reminds them of the sky. Or of water. Or maybe it's because it makes them feel calm. But not everybody's favorite color is blue. I find it fascinating how people's color preferences are affected by trends. Suddenly, everyone's in love with grays. And half the country has Benjamin Moore owl gray on the walls of their home. What is up with that? The major paint companies have a color of the year. Pantone has a color of the year. In 2017, Pantone's color of the year was called greenery. It's a very basic green. In 2018, it was ultraviolet, a dark, bold purple. This year, in 29, it's living coral. That's the color of my grade 9 grad dress, by the way. Very trendy. There's a link in the show notes so you can see the colors by year. And no, there is not a photo of me in my dress. I asked each of my guests what they think about color trends because color trends must affect their businesses, right? Here's Daryl.
2: There's definitely color trends and I'm, I'm living it. You know, I, I couldn't sell brown for five years and now we're starting to see lots of taupes and browns and beige. Well, so everything's moved from silver to gold. And, and I, I, I think you see it in the fabric space the way you not, maybe not quite as quickly as you see it in fashion. Right. But probably faster than you see it in home decor. One of the biggest solids producers by Robert Kaufman, big, big fabric manufacturer, they'll take the Pantone color of the year and make it into a fabric. Like there's, that phenomenon definitely happens. I'd say a year and a half ago, everything was green. You couldn't buy green for love or money before that. And then I went to market and every booth had green in it. It creates news, you know, so there's always newness. Here's Lori
3: color trends. I think it gives people something to hang their hat on. I think that we we said earlier a few minutes ago people are afraid of color. So if they capital T if they say that purple is this year's color. And it was this 2018 was Pantone's year of purple and Pantone being the color people of the right. planet. There's yep. a whole color yep. panel or something. So a lot
1: of the paint companies have a color of the year and the Pantone folks, and there's some yeah. other institutes I yeah. suppose.
3: Yeah. the color institute mm-hmm. and purple was the color. So if they say that it's okay to use purple, then you can hang your hat on that.
0: And here's Jen. I will say that I am someone that reads the trends for for color every year, because I love that. I think we get very complacent, um, especially in homes as opposed to fashion, because to do that big change in a home, it's definitely much more of an investment than you deciding that I'm gonna interject maroon into my wardrobe this year. That's a lot lesser of a commitment. Right. So I, I really think because we get complacent with color, because of the work it takes to bring it in to our wardrobe or our home or wherever. I love that when I read about that trend it might be pulling a color that I've somewhat forgot about back out of the woodwork. And, and because I love color so much I'm like I want to hear about that teal's back right. or that green's back. I haven't used it in years and then all of a sudden it feels very very fresh.
1: So there are a lot of color choices out there. I sometimes wonder what it would be like to be colorblind. Maybe I am colorblind, but I just don't know it. According to the research that I found, about 8% of people suffer from some kind of colorblindness. That means that 92% of us can see all of the colors of the rainbow. There is red-green colorblindness, which I'd heard of before, and there's also blue-yellow colorblindness. And yes, there's even total colorblindness, which is defined as the inability to see color. Basically, you see everything in black, white, and shades of gray. And aside, anyone who knows me knows that my favorite color is turquoise. I wear a lot of turquoise. My powder room in my house is a dramatic dark turquoise or teal color. I love turquoise. Yes, it's no accident that the Talk About Talk logo has turquoise in it. I'm gonna get personal here for a minute, but I have a question that I really want an answer to. When I was pregnant, I felt sick, very nauseous, when I looked at the color turquoise, which previously was my favorite color. After a few weeks of feeling nauseous just looking at the color, I actually packed up all of my turquoise clothing and put it away. Somehow, I knew it was temporary. Weird, right? I looked for an explanation of this online, but I found nothing. I would love it if you could help me figure this out. Anyway, I did find that people can have a fear of a certain color, Equally weird, right? Chromophobia or chromatophobia refers to an irrational fear of or aversion to certain colors. It is extremely rare, and as you might guess, it's usually caused by an extremely negative past experience related to that color. Erythrophobia is the fear of red, which may be related to a fear of blood. Xanthophobia is the fear of yellow, and leukophobia is the fear of white. I've also been fascinated. By synesthesia. Do you know what this is? Synesthesia is the production of a sense impression relating to one sense or part of the body by stimulation of another sense or part of the body. These sense impressions could be related to music, to letters, to numbers, or to colors for example. So for some people who have synesthesia they see certain letters in different colors. So what would look like black type on a white page to you and me, to someone who has synesthesia, they would see every letter in a different color. Or they may see colors when they hear certain music. Absolutely fascinating, right? Let's move on to some vocabulary so we can talk about colors properly. There are colors, hues, tones, values, shades, and tints. Color is the most general term. You can't go wrong labeling something a color. Hue refers to a dominant color family. These are the six primary and secondary colors. Remember, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and purple. There are warm versions and cold versions of each of these six hues. Warm means adding reds and oranges, whereas cool means adding blues. So all of the hues or dominant color families can be warm or cold. Listen to Daryl, the owner of Fabric Spark, when I asked her, what's your favorite color?
2: Oh, that's a good question. It kind of changes, but usually it's green. Well, it's green is my least favorite color and my favorite color kind of simultaneously. Uh, I tend to like warmer greens, not bluer greens, but mainly it's nature green. That's my favorite color, like new leaf green.
1: Got it, Daryl. Warm greens, not blue greens. Anyway, moving on with our color vocabulary. A tone is a hue with gray added. You add gray to a color to decrease its intensity. A value refers to the lightness or darkness of a color. That can be a shade or a tint. A shade is any hue with black added to it. That's easy to remember. Shades and shadows are black. Listen to Jen talk about black. Black,
0: a color that I absolutely love. It's actually not a color, it's a hue. But to me, it's very stylish. So that is why I've always found cars, clothing, handbags, great boots, which is my passion we haven't talked about. <sighs> I just find it so stylish. And I always feel like that you're already two steps ahead with black, just because it's stylish. So if you've created a new a new model of a car or or whatever it is, a new boot, you're already two steps ahead. It's like privilege. And then It's like privilege. Well, because it's easy. It's easy. You're already you're already ahead by using it.
1: So shades are colors with black added. A tint then is any hue with white added to it. People use the term brightness. Technically, Brightness is a tinted colour. You add white to make a colour brighter. Saturation, or chroma, refers to the intensity of the colour, expressed as the degree to which it differs from white. Okay, that's a lot of vocabulary. Why does this all matter? Why is Andrea boring us with this? Well guess what? Hues and values affect you in ways that you probably aren't even aware of. Listen to Lori.
3: Color is definitely
1: a mood changer.
3: There's no question, uh, you can, and, and different shades of different, you have only to think of the color blue. I think the best example of all of this is blue, and you're looking up in the sky and when, when we hear, certainly in Toronto, uh, when we hear have a, one of those crystal, crystal clear blue skies there's a sense you know in a country where eight months of it is winter you see one of those and you get like super excited and you you know you just things feel like they're lifting but that same sky on its way into a storm and now the blues are tinged with the dreaded gray um you know that's Right there, those are two shades of exactly the same color, you know, affected by the amount of black in that color. And now you go from that great feeling of being uplifted to a sense of impending doom. Right. So
1: color is definitely an emotional response. In addition to affecting your mood, color saturation can affect your purchase behaviors and even how much you're willing to spend on something. Research shows that consumer products with highly saturated colors on their packaging encourage consumers to think they are bigger and worth more. Other research shows that contrastive paintings, that is, paintings with many different colors, are priced higher than more monochromatic paintings. Okay, so we pay more for colorful artwork. What else? Well, did you know that color affects memory? Psychologists have found a number of connections between color and memory people recall things more easily when they are colourful versus when they're black and white. So I guess there was a reason I was using different coloured highlighters when I was studying my lecture notes. Listen to Daryl explain her personal experience when she discovered this connection between colour and memory. So yes, colour affects memory. The way we talk about colour in our native language also affects our ability to perceive and categorise colour. I know that people's perspective of colour, their ability to identify it, Depends on their vocabulary. For example, in Russia, there are several labels for various types of blue. As a result, Russians can readily identify different blues that English speakers might not even perceive. Fascinating! It also makes sense that if you're in an environment with an abundance of a particular color, you may also perceive more differences. Like, you might notice more nuanced greens in the Amazon, or blues if you live near the water, or greys if you're in Iceland in the winter. Listen to photographer Lori's take on this one.
3: Well, now it's
1: interesting that you mention
3: that because I was never a big gray person until I went to Iceland in the winter. Uh, I don't like pastels per se either. I don't think they're real colors. But when I was in Iceland, in the wintertime, the sun comes up. Sunrise is a very civilized, almost 10 o'clock in the morning. A photographer could get used to that. <laughs> and it's not like here when the sun comes up and then suddenly you're going from there's no light to zing, you got light. It's a super gradual, it's almost a two-hour process okay. in the winter in Iceland. And you go through these gradations, these subtle tone on tone gradations of from black to every imaginable shade of gray you have ever seen. So from from the deepest of black to dove grays and blue grays and, and then into the blues. I never liked gray until I came away from that trip. And if you look at a number of my photographs from a winter trip to Iceland, you will see a whole bunch of gray in there, but it works. It works. But that's not beige. <laughs> <laughs> that's- beige is in a category by itself and really should be illegal. It shouldn't even be allowed to be called color. Beige is an absence of, it's a black hole of colors.
1: Okay, okay, Lori. By the way, Lori was sitting at my dining room table for that interview. And my walls on my main floor are beige. Moving on, what do colors communicate? Well, depending on whether it's a warm or a cold hue, and depending on the value, research shows that different colors communicate different things. Red is passion, excitement, and appetite. So, depending on what you're after, you may or may not want to paint your bedroom and or your dining room red. Blue is the opposite. Blue is calm, sometimes sad, and trusted. Have you ever noticed how many hospital logos have blue in them? Hospitals want to be trusted. White is innocence and purity. Black, on the other hand, conveys evil and harshness. Green is associated with envy and nature. Green also sparks creativity. Pink is calming and feminine. And yellow is warmth and energy, as in sunshine. Listen to Jen talk about her favorite color yellow, and how acutely aware she is of what yellow communicates. I have
0: loved the color yellow since I was in grade 7. I love yellow because it just it makes me happy. It's so basic. Yellow makes me happy.
1: Yellow it is does definitely not mean, a happy colour, right? Yes. We equate it with sunshine and brightness and smiley smiley faces.
0: And it feels natural. It, feels, it just feels very natural and not artificial.
1: So again, colour matters. If you want your dinner guests to be hungry, paint the dining room walls red. And if you want to feel more calm before you go to sleep, paint your bedroom walls blue. These effects also work with our clothing. Think of your impression of someone, male or female, who's wearing a soft pink shirt. Then think of the energy and happiness that's implicitly communicated by someone who's wearing a bright yellow shirt. And apparently this even affects athletes and referees. I found some very cool research that demonstrates that NHL players, hockey players, who are wearing white jerseys have far fewer penalty minutes. Crazy, right? It could be that the color is affecting the athletes themselves, or it could be that the color is affecting the interpretation of the referees. Either way, this research shows that black jerseys are associated with more aggression, and white jerseys are associated with less aggression. Yowza! So, what's the upshot of all this? Well, colour talks. It affects us. So you can use colour, be it in your home decor or the clothes you're wearing, to affect yourself and to affect others. You should also try to be aware of how color might be affecting you personally with your purchase decisions or when you're meeting someone and forming an impression. I want to thank my three guest experts this week. Lori Ryerson, the professional photographer at Focalocity, Daryl Aiken, the owner of Fabric Spark Quilting Store, and Jen Perkis, the decorator at X and Design. You can see all of their beautiful work if you go to the show notes for this episode, where I've posted links to them and their work. And... I also want to let you know that we're working on a separate podcast with these three guest experts, this time focused on expressing your creativity. Stay tuned for that podcast coming soon. Well, that's all I got, at least for now. I encourage you to check out this week's blog, which is also focused on color. You can find it at talkabouttalk.com forward slash blog. While you're there, please sign up for the free weekly newsletter. That way you will receive one Easy to digest email every week from me with exclusive content focused on helping us all become better communicators. And speaking of communication, I would love it if you'd communicate with me. Please check us out on social media. Talk About Talk is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can also leave a comment on the website. I'd love to hear what you think about this episode and especially what other communication topics you'd like to learn more about. Yes, I will get back to you personally. That's it. Thanks again. Talk soon.